The Holy Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. Good morning to all those who are joining us around South Carolina and other states, maybe even other countries. It's a joy to have you join us. I'm Pastor Paul. I'm the senior pastor here. And before we dive into Luke chapter 8, would you join me? as we um, go to God with another brief word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me begin by asking you all this question. Have you ever needed a rescue? Brandon, Brad, Garth, others, have you ever needed a rescue? This week I came across this short but memorable story from Texas. It begins, heads up all you dog lovers. This is a scary story with a happy feel-good ending. Special operations training captain R. Luddy was eating his lunch at the Pennybacker Bridge overlooked today, awaiting other members of Austin Travis County EMS Special Operations Rescue Team to do some ropes training when he was approached by several people who looked rather worried. They told Captain Letty that a dog had fallen off a cliff nearby and asked if he could help. Captain Letty, of course, sprung into action I grabbed my med bag and ropes and started running towards the scene, he said. I called Medic 17, who was on the way for training, and told them what was going on. I got to the top of the cliff and I found the owner who had been calling to his dog frantically with no response. After the owner identified where the dog had fallen, Captain Luddy rigged an anchor strap to a tree, attached a rappel line and safety line to the anchor, and rappelled down the cliff face. After searching for a short time, Captain Luddy located the dog named Stout, who was miraculously, mostly unharmed. He then fashioned a leash out of rescue ropes, found an accessible trail, and walked Stout out of the green belt to reunite with his owner, who was more than happy to see him alive and well. 
Quote, he must have fallen about 70 feet, hit a few branches and bushes on the way down, Captain Luddy said. I was ecstatic to find him in such good condition. After a brief happy reunion, Captain Luddy sent Stout and his owner directly to the emergency vet to make sure everything was okay. And I think we actually have a picture of Stout with his owner and Captain Luddy. Look how happy Stout is to have been rescued. What I love about this story is it's not only has a happy ending, but I believe it's one to which we all can relate. Life all too often throws us curveballs, doesn't it? Like Stout and his owner, we will be going about our day and boom, danger strikes. We receive a diagnosis. We get a tough call. We read more bad news. And in a flash, we're on our backs wondering how in the world we're going to survive. That's what I find so relatable about our passage today. In it, we see Jesus and his disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee when boom, danger strikes. And we see what looks like a logical response of terror by the disciples. So what are we to make of this story? What are we to learn about Jesus and how he responds to his followers? And how are we to handle the storms of our own lives? These questions lead me to our big idea from Luke 8, which draws inspiration from a quote I once heard from Tim Keller. The storms of life reveal we are far more vulnerable than we ever dare admit and far more loved than we ever dare imagine. Let me repeat that. The storms of life reveal we are far more vulnerable than we ever dare admit, yet far more loved than we ever dare imagine. Let's unpack this truth today. Point one, the storms of life reveal we are far more vulnerable than we ever dare admit. Our passage begins, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got in a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. And a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're gonna drown. So let me set the scene here of our passage. Thus far in his ministry, Jesus has been demonstrating love and power, uh, the love and power of God by healing the sick, delivering people from evil spirits, proclaiming the word of God, offering forgiveness for sins, and even raising people from the dead. And people are shocked. They're astonished, including those who are closest to him. Some say, who is this fellow? Who can forgive sin, excuse me, who can forgive sins but God alone? And meanwhile, others proclaim, a great prophet has appeared among us. God has come to help his people. You see, everyone was trying to figure out who Jesus was, not just for Israel, but for themselves. Was he a deliverer in the great line of uh, Moses? Was he a prophet in the line of the great prophet Elijah? Was he a king in the line of King David? Perhaps you yourself, maybe you're young and you're asking this same question. Who, Who is Jesus? Really? 
Well, on this occasion, with that question percolating in hearts and minds, Jesus had spent a whole day teaching a huge crowd of people and was tired. He was exhausted. He was OP'd, as I like to say, over-peopled. And uh, he wanted to rest. So he instructed his disciples to set sail across the lake that was right in front of them. And we know from Mark's account of the story, uh, it was nighttime, so off they went. Now, here are some additional things you need to know to grasp the weight of this story. First, the lake reference here is actually the Sea of Galilee. And although it's not huge, it's unpredictable. As one writer says, though the Sea of Galilee is only five miles wide and 13 miles long, its perils are considerable due to the unique geography. The sea itself is an incredible distance below sea level. I think it's about 700 feet below sea level. And it's surrounded by imposing mountains gouged with deep ravines. These ravines serve as gigantic funnels that bring winds whirling down upon the lake without notice. These gales are often strengthened by a thermal buildup in the extremely low valley that sucks the cold air violently downward. And so what happens in our story? In the pitch blackness of night, a squall or hurricane of wind strikes the lake. It's so terrifying, in fact, that Matthew uses this word. It was seismos, meaning it was seismic in its destructive force. And so the impact's obvious. We read the waves begin crashing over the uh, rails of the boat in which Jesus and his disciples were traveling, and they began to sink. Now do me a favor, close your eyes for a moment and just imagine the scene with me. Imagine the high scream of the wind as it whipped over their heads. Imagine as the power of the waves as they threatened to dismantle the wooden hole under their feet. Imagine the bodies of the disciples as they're thrown to and fro all of them desperately trying to bail out the water around them. Just imagine. To say that they were vulnerable would be greatly understating the obvious. It's no wonder that they finally cried out, Master, Master, we are drowning. Okay, you can open your eyes. So perhaps you too have cried out to God when the storms of life have come your way. God, my marriage is failing and I need your help. God, the health of my loved one is failing and we need your help. God, my finances are dwindling and I need your help. God, I am scared. God, I am lonely. God, I am anxious. God, I am depressed. God, I'm so tired. I need your help. You see, the storms of life reveal we are far more vulnerable than we ever dare admit. And to further heighten this truth in our passage, there's another element we need to remember. If anyone in the entire world should have known how to navigate this situation, it was the men in the boat with Jesus. Peter and several others who were following Jesus were not priests. They were professional fishermen by training. In fact, Jesus had actually called these very men on these very waters in Luke chapter five. And that's why this story is so haunting. 
You see, no matter our experience or credentials in life, we all face storms. Storms we cannot escape through our own will, power, or training. Times where we not only will feel helpless, but are actually helpless in our own skin. Times when the lights go out and our boat begins to sink. Perhaps you're in that place right now. Thanks be to God that our story does not end here, which leads me to point two. The storms of life reveal we are far more loved than we ever dare imagine. Our passage continues. He, Jesus, got up. He rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where's your faith, he asked the disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Now, I don't know if you caught the juxtaposition in our story, but as the winds are howling, the boat is sinking, the disciples are screaming, where is Jesus? He's sleeping. What? Yet the great twist or irony in our story is that as the disciples wake up Jesus, they too are awakened. Not physically, but spiritually. It's only through the storm that they are personally awakened to his power and his love. Yes, up to this point, uh, they clearly respected Jesus. He was their rabbi. He was their teacher. He was, he was their friend. So it makes sense that they would have addressed him master, master, when they cried out for help. Yet something drastically changes once Jesus gets up and calms the storm. We read the disciples were stunned and asked one another, who is this? He even commands the winds and the water and they obey him. Apparently, sometimes the box in which we place Jesus is far, far too small. And that proved true for his disciples. As they discovered, Jesus is not just another religious leader, another great teacher or another good role model after whom we can build our lives. Jesus is much more than that, Sean. By demonstrating that he has power over the winds and the waves, Jesus demonstrated to the disciples in the world, he not only represents God, but is God himself. For as the scriptures attest, it is only God, Yahweh himself, who controls the winds and the waves and has dominion over all creation. As Psalm 65 reads, you formed the mountains by your power and armed yourself with mighty strength. You quieted the raging oceans and their pounding waves and silenced the shouting of the nations. Those who live at the ends of the earth stand in all of your wonders, for where the sun rises to where it sets, you inspire shouts of joy. And one can only imagine the shouts of joy that were welling up in the disciples at that moment when they awaken to the full or real identity of Jesus. Here in their boat, in their storm, intimately involved in their lives, sat the Lord of all creation. The Alpha and the Omega, the one who the writer of Hebrews says is the radiance 
of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature, the very one who upholds the universe by the word of his power. And this, friends, is what makes this story in the gospel so powerful. And why Jesus, once we really see him for who he really is, is so irresistible. Jesus, the very creator of the cosmos who holds all things together, demonstrates that he intimately cares about ordinary people. Sailor, he cares about you and he cares about me. What's more, as the rest of the story of Jesus unfolds, he proves that there is absolutely no storm he will not enter to demonstrate his love for you and me. See the big picture? See, the storms of life reveal we are far more loved than we ever dare imagine. Now, if I could just share on a personal level for a moment. The last couple of months have been hard for Carly and me. Beyond the whirling storms or swirling storms of the pandemic and the political climate of our time, we've been navigating, navigating some personal challenges. First, we discovered that someone we love is struggling with some serious mental health issues. That has been tender and very hard to navigate. Next, our oldest son, who's one of the best people I know, got into a significant car accident. Again, a difficult storm to navigate. And lastly, one of our dearest friends in ministry suddenly passed away. A shocking and emotional storm. Have you ever shed tears or lifted prayers that can best be described as raw or guttural? This is where we have been in recent weeks and that is what it's like to live through the storm. And yet through this season of life, Carly and I have been rediscovering Jesus, the real Jesus, not just for others, but for us. His intimacy, his presence, his power in our lives. And just as Jesus asked his disciples, where is your faith? It seems we're being asked this same question in some way every day, which is guiding us deeper in our understanding and trust of him. Through this crazy time and year, we have brought our lives, families, friends, this church, you guys, and so much more to him in prayer, trusting in his sovereignty, his goodness. And you know what? It's been a game changer. You see, while we may not know the end of the storm, we have come to trust in the Lord of the storm. And as the disciples discovered, that's a very good place to be. So as I conclude this message, let me ask you some questions. Are you facing any storms in your life right now? Have you come to a place where you are willing to admit your vulnerability? Do you 
know you are far more loved than you ever dare imagine. And are you ready today to place your faith in Jesus, the Lord of the storm? The storms of life reveal we are far more vulnerable than we ever dare admit and far more loved than we could ever dare imagine. So if you're ready to place your faith in Jesus, even if you've been in church, a church girl, a church boy your whole life, for whatever storm you're facing right now, if you're ready to do that in a fresh way right now, wherever you are, whether you're in the sanctuary or at home, I invite you to stand with me as we end this moment in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us this story to know we're not alone in our storms. That even even when we're helpless in our own skin, we're, we're not hopeless because we have you. God, right now, we're facing various storms personally and as a nation, as a, as a world. And we admit our vulnerability to you. We surrender our lives to you. Would you fill us with hope? Would you fill us with love? Would you change the very state of our lives by your presence with us? Jesus, redeem us, restore us. May we recognize that you are the Lord of the storm. And that's a good place to be. We trust you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.